Welcome to Brain Machine Network. Dot com. I'm Emily Winter, a writer, comedian, and your host of Comedians with Ghost Stories. Yes, Srilatha Rajamani. Welcome. How, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for doing it. So I am so excited to hear your ghost story. Where does it take place? Uh, at my family's uh, home in uh, Tamil Nadu, southern India. Amazing. Okay. Okay. So um, this was uh, when I was 13, which mm-hmm. is like around, oh my God, it's 30 years old. <laughs> so <laughs> old. Uh, but I lived in Bombay with my, you know, with my family. But mm-hmm. my dad was raised by his relatives in South India. Okay. So like his grandparents. So he would always go like... By default, every summer we had to go to the family home mm-hmm. um, in our village and spend like our entire summer vacation there. And me and my brother, we just didn't like it. Okay. Like all the kids go to places and we had to go to the family home and like play with cows, you know. <laughs> it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't glamorous. Also, um, as I, I was one of the few people that you know if in my family who was like living in Bombay Mm -hmm. so my cousins would like and I looked different like I wore different clothes Mm -hmm. not the traditional you know people Uh, this was before TV was widespread in India so like every place had like people wearing different types of clothes oh that's so interesting and South Indian clothing clothing style was like the full skirt with like the thing you know and I would be wearing like city clothes which wasn't like fashionable or anything yeah but you know my family is pretty conservative but I still wore like the salwar kameez which is more the North Indian style because Bombay is can you describe that salwar kameez is sort of like a tunic okay that is a kameez and then those loose pants I mean I see those types of uh, pants now at uh, all the you no, in so Brooklyn, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have some. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the old style. And I, well, now it's coming back, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, but they would make fun of me. And I was a city girl. So they would like, like, okay, one time my cousins tricked me into like milking a bull calf because I didn't know the difference between male and female uh-huh. <laughs> I know I know so mean right Aww. and uh, I uh, got you know so it was what all- happened when you tried to milk it uh, that was my first hand job to a mammal <laughs> it was not funny <laughs> It was humiliating, right? So so this particular uh, episode happened at that, you know, one at that, you know, like that trip when I gave the hand job to the bull calf and I was seething with revenge motives. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, when my male cousins were like taking a bath in the well, you know, the house was old. So there's a center courtyard where there is a well. Okay. And uh, this part of the house is where people live and after the well the other side of the house is where they store grains and beyond that there is a cow shed it's a very old traditional house okay like several centuries old so when they were taking a bath in the well i went to the place where the grains were stored and uh it was on the second floor and i just just like yelled nasty comments i mean i have seen a bull calf so i know Mm -hmm. i can make I mean, really, I can compare in ways which I didn't know at that time. In retrospect, if I time travel, I will go back and make all kinds of penis jokes. But at that time, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was just like yelling stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother then 
punished me like a public spanking. Oh, God. It just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Right, right. And I got so mad um, that I just took my book and I ran back to the... The green part of the house was a different, you know. It was like I ran to the third floor, which is like no one ever went. It's where they stored like all the, you know, like excerpts of farm, you know, uh, like the grains, the pumpkins and those kinds of things was true. And that was like, surprisingly for even now when I go there, I can see it. It is so close to the roof, but that part of the house was always the coldest. Okay. So um, I was there that afternoon. I I must have like, I was reading my book and that room was like super cold, but it was nice and comfy in the afternoon. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I hate my whole family. So I'm going to be here and they will miss me. Bunker down. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and I must have gone to sleep. Uh, and when I like, I, I don't know what, but something, it, it was just weird. Like, like, a, I just, I don't know if I woke up or if I was in the middle of the sleep and wake up stage, but I saw this presence, like this person, this female, I mean, like, basically, she just looked her attire was very old style uh-huh. and uh, it's just that she was wearing diamonds like she had diamonds on both sides of her nose and oh she was dressed like a like like a bride you know like completely like you know and and I wasn't scared at that point but then she approached me and then she was carrying like a um, sort of a sickle Okay. Um, she approached me and and then she basically like slashed me <gasps> like right in my uh, abdomen she slashed you? Yes, that was what I saw, imagined, felt, whatever, yeah. my dream, something. And I screamed and I woke up and I was sort of clammy and wet down there. And then I turned on. The light was just one of those 40 watt bulbs, you know. Yeah. Not, And I just like, I could see something dark in that. I didn't know what was going on. I ran out. It was still daylight outside. And I saw that I had blood down there <gasps> so either it was a ghostly visitation or i had my first period i don't uh. know what <laughs> but i didn't know then i was i just i i was screaming and i i just like i literally it seems i lost consciousness i think you would be scared if you were slashed by a ghost absolutely so i must they tell me that i lost consciousness and then i somehow you know I was taken back to the, you know, main part of the house. So what was your, when you got cut, where was the blood coming from? My pants were filled with uh, my, uh, yeah, it was like my underwear had blood in it. Okay. And I didn't have any physical cut in my body, but I just had blood everywhere. Oh. So, so was it your period? It, because after that, I didn't get my period for nearly a year. So that's so weird. It is. And then I was scared for the rest of that. You know, I was basically like, it, it seems I had like fever for three days after that. And, oh my gosh. And so I was, you know, they were like, you know, I had basically, you know, it was a village. So they would have to, they had to bring the doctor from the city and, you know, all of that. And uh, so that happened. Mm-hmm. And then because I was scared after that and crying a lot, my grandmother then told me the story. <gasps> So that is a story behind this ghost. Oh, my God. 
So my great grandfather, which is like on my father's side, my father's grandfather, uh, apparently uh, he got married to this beautiful woman from like another town. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an arranged marriage, like it ha- you know mm-hmm. in those days. And during the ten days of their wedding celebration, everybody came. And those you know our weddings go on even now for three days. Those days yeah. it was like ten days, right? Amazing. So um, that. Uh, People used to come and see her, and because she was so beautiful, there was a lot of jealousy as well. She came from a rich, beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, very beautiful woman. So people, it seems, started like talking stuff about her, like you know, she's promiscuous and she had a lover and those kinds of things. And over, you know, during those ten days of the wedding celebrations, that talk went on and on until it reached my great grandfather's ears. Mm-hmm. So on their wedding night, he apparently denounced her. <gasps> Yeah. And so she, in uh, you know, uh, was so ashamed and, you know, so angry about it that she basically killed herself. <gasps> and as she was dying, she slashed herself with a sickle because <gasps> apparently that is available in all farms. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you just got chills. Yeah. Oh. So uh, that then as she's dying, she curses and says, you know, you doubted me and you, you know, you just made, you know, this, you caused this to happen. You, you dishonored me and my family. So I'm cursing you and your family that until my blood is avenged by the death of another woman in this family, um, you will never be able to, you know, no one in this family will ever be able to marry and have a child. <gasps> and this family line is cursed. And she apparently said that, and she died. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So my uh, great-grandfather, after that, it seems, he was very regretful and all that. Uh, but, you know, asshole that he is, he still wanted to propagate the family line, I mm-hmm. guess. So he married two times after that, and both times the brides died before, you know, the wedding night. Like, <gasps> they died just uh, the day of the wedding or the day after the wedding. How did they die? I don't know. Oh my god! So and and the the the, the messed up part of this, and as I'm thinking about it, I feel like my family should never exist. Is because they, he married like two sisters. Like one sister died, and then the family sent another daughter to be married to him, and that one also died. So now everyone is like, oh my god, that lady who died, she must have been like a truly, you know, powerful person, a good person, because her words carry so much weight, we have to do something. And for many years after that, no one would give their daughter to my great grandfather to be married. Obviously. Yeah. Usually it's a death sentence. Yeah. Even, you know, when women are not valued, I think that was still a pretty big deal at that time. So uh, after that, uh, then they approached a saint after many years, like this family line has to go on. What do we do? We have property. This needs to be taken care of by the next generation. Mm -hmm. So then they spoke to a holy man, like a saint, who said the curse can only be lifted if this man, you know, kills the person he marries. So that which is so messed up. So that person who killed herself, her, you know, thirst for revenge then gets settled because when she killed herself, she became a murderer of herself. Okay. So this person needs to, you know, also commit the same crime so he can, oh, I don't know what the logic is. So they, so the, so the person, so this like religious figure told 
your great grandfather to kill his own needs to bride. marry somebody and kill the bride with his own hands. So after that, the next oh person he married. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, it's it's like a female. Like that is always a loophole in all of these. I think so. They don't the, like care that much. Yeah, no, but well, in this case, a loophole was a saint said. So what you need to do is marry a female of this female species, so it can be like you know um like a female like a cow, cow. which we can't because we're hindus you, you can't know yeah. kill cows right so so what they had to do was uh, my great grandfather then had to marry a virgin banana tree virgin because you know obviously indian men even when you want to kill a female <laughs> species it needs to be a virgin, a virgin. <laughs> right so he married a banana tree oh my gosh and then cut down that banana tree to fulfill the curse. <gasps> and after that, he married the person who became my great-grandmother. Oh, my God. Right. So that, uh, so my grandmother, like, told me the story in, in like, you know, and I, I truly, like, okay, it's so unfair. All other people get, like, wealth or beauty or something from their ancestors. I get a period, like, that's. I am very resentful. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, holy cow. So she like gave you an early period. That was like the meanest thing she could do or something? I don't know. But my grandmother also then gave me uh, uh, like a a silver. Do you know what a kunkum is? No. It's like a red powder that you get. uh, It's like a sacred, like the ashes and the powder. Those are like two things you get as God's. Uh, from the temple it is made of turmeric but it's red okay so uh, she gave me a silver box which belonged to that lady uh, apparently because even though she died all her property remained with the family pieces oh of shit that God. we are so that silver box which has two compartments it's just small in the shape of a peacock and it has like uh you can place the kunkum and the sacred you know ash the vibhuti on uh-huh. each and my grandmother gave it to me and said, this will protect you. You don't have to worry and be afraid. So I still have that silver box that oh belonged to her. Do you have it like in New York in your apartment? No, it's uh, at my parents' bank locker because I didn't bring jewelry or anything. I'm at yeah. a thing where unless I know where it is sourced, I'm not carrying any of this. Yeah. So I, and, and I've been like moving a lot. So I just kept my like I have that lady's diamond as well. Like she wow. had blue diamonds, apparently that was spread, you know, split among like, like I think my great grandfather had my grand father and then two girls but my grandfather fulfilled his duty to the family by Mm -hmm. having eight kids so it's been spread out but I have like uh, the diamond that belonged to her as well as this and uh yeah that's uh it's just the weirdest ghost story oh my gosh did you so when your grandmother told you this how did you react at the time when you were 13 I, I it was just I mean see I didn't like we didn't even have tv at home i'd never seen movies so for me it was extremely fantastical yeah it was sort of like all those books i had been reading like you know um like the british horror books that i used to read from the school library that was like you know old school horror even so it was like whoa and then um i i knew that my grandmother wouldn't lie so she believed it but as i was growing older i used to think a lot i mean i could think every month about this every time i got my period mm-hmm. i would think about yeah and and i'm just like i know that my great-grandfather married a banana tree even now at every family (laughs) but at every every family occasion the banana tree is like literally given a place of honor at all really yeah 
Wow, I love that. So I know that. I don't know if the ghost existed. I know someone died very unjustly, so I'm still feeling guilty about all of that. Well, it's, it's, but it's so fascinating that you had this vision, and then exactly what you saw was the story. It's just weird. And I don't know if my grandmother made, I mean, I'm, I don't think she did. She was a very truthful person, but yeah, I, I, I still question because I'm very skeptical about all of these things. I grew up with a lot of like, you know, superstition. So mm-hmm. I try not to fall into that, but I know that I, I can still recall her face, you know? So I'm just like, I saw something. I don't know what the history is, but I know that I saw, maybe I was like, I was reading like, a comic book like phantom which is like a comic like Mm -hmm. a superhero type comic we used to get in india so it wasn't necessarily like i was reading anything mythological even yeah so i'm just like i know what i saw i still can think of her face but oh my god i don't know know if this is true holy smokes that's amazing (laughs) wow do you feel like you were just in the sort of right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time? Or do you do you feel like you are specifically, um, I don't know, a medium or like have that sort of gift of... Like, I still wouldn't put past my cousins to like, you know, um, to, you know, play a trick on me. But I don't think we had technology at that time to create an apparition. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, I don't know. I mean, I... I feel weird about the whole thing if I think about it. And I also feel very weird that I have an ancestor who's a banana tree. You know, that's just, <laughs> it's its just, I, I try to make jokes about it. I was going to say, do you talk about this on stage? I have, like I've done, uh, you know, sometimes I do talk about it, but it's just a thing that no one can really relate. Do you have an ancestor, like, unless it's an Indian audience, like, you know, they have like married trees before. Many Indians have married trees and you know, it's not like it's a unique thing. <laughs> like, I did not know this. Well, it's pretty common among, I mean, not that they do it now. but <laughs> Why would just, why would somebody marry a tree though? If they, a tree if, is a female, right? Yeah. So it's just, so I think the way I've understood is that uh, it, it goes into like the Hindu culture, mm-hmm. uh, which is that the, the form of life is the same across species. Like we don't see the difference between um like uh, an animal life mm-hmm. and uh, like a plants have life we, you know they have gender we don't see we we don't see the difference between the forms of life the atma is the same across but, different species so what do you get out of marrying a tree though like i mean listen there's a lot of people that i think are way worse than marrying a tree that i would rather be i'd rather be married to a tree than a lot of people that i know um but it's a curse thing right you can't marry oh, so a person and a, kill them yes okay so it's a murder i mean but it's, it's is it when people do marry trees is it was it always like in relation to a curse yeah like okay. i even now like there are people like like even about two years ago i know someone who married uh, uh like a fox um uh, in the village so they could get rain So there are still things like that. It's not like they do. It's not like it's bestiality. Right, right, right. As much as it's like a fulfilling religious, uh, you know, uh, requirement, I guess. Uh, So people still do that. So I'm glad that at least, I mean, if if my grandfather married a cow or something, I would have been like super weirded out by, I mean, I know I'm lactose intolerant, but still it would be super (laughs) weird. A tree is better, for a sure. A tree is better. So he felt really bad about this, like, about denouncing his first 
wife or not even first wife the, yeah, the woman the, yeah. yeah he must have felt bad um so basically i i know i mean i was pretty young when he died like i was maybe five or five or six years okay. old when he died so uh, he, i always saw him like oh he looked very scary like he just would be fierce all the time and you know and he he was very strict but he was also strict with himself okay so um he didn't like um he never left the village after that and uh you know i think he put a little bit of punishment on himself yeah as well and uh like he would never uh, he just gave up all trappings of like wealth like he would he he wouldn't wear anything um like with gold or like silk or okay. anything he just wore like simple. very simple clothes he never left the village and i think he spent his life with some regrets yeah uh which i don't know like i only knew him as this um but my family is you know um and he gave up a lot of his wealth like he gave it away like he gave it to the temple and he gave it to charity he just so kind of maybe yeah i think he must have had regrets yeah wow that's an amazing story thank you so much for telling it that's awesome because this is comedians with ghost stories i've been asking everyone what do you think is the scariest thing in comedy could be right now could be generally me personally or comedy in general either for you or just in all of comedy for me personally i'm very afraid of people Mm-hmm. So every time I'm going up on stage it's uh, it's always like it's not that what I'm going I'm not afraid of offending people because I don't necessarily have that in me yet mm-hmm. maybe a few years in New York and I will get that <laughs> but uh, more more like uh, would I I always I'm afraid when I go up on stage that will I be able to make them laugh uh, mm-hmm. because I just feel like if people are coming to see a show and they don't and they're not able to laugh it's basically it is then on me for sure you know Mm -hmm. that's how I feel and I always feel regretful if I can't you know make them laugh so my fear is will I be able to connect with the people enough that I can you know and I'm I'm a weird person so I don't connect (laughs) with a lot of people like (laughs) but I think it's that weirdness that is also like very endearing you know I mean I feel like I am not that weird I'm pretty boring I feel that I am that too. Like I, I spend my time. I mean, the most rebellious thing I did was uh, to, you know, when I was, I had to go to Japan, uh, like in August, and I couldn't tell work because it was a very last minute thing. I was going for my daughter's, you know, uh, she needed basically my presence and my credit history. <laughs> okay. She went to find an apartment. Renting an apartment in Japan? Yeah. Wow. She, she's Amazing. working there now. So, um, Amazing. She needed me and I had to go and I couldn't tell work because it was very last minute. So I basically, I, I work from remote. So I couldn't, we clock in mm-hmm. electronically. I used a VPN to pretend I'm from New York to clock in. Good that is like you. the most wicked. I feel so, I, I'm boring. And uh, I watch British Bake Off on Netflix. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, overnight and that is like the wickedest thing I do like I look I I, I've it's not that I I don't know I'm weird in that sense that I'm not interesting enough to like oh I don't even have sex stories you know (laughs) the bread and butter of uh, comedy yeah right I don't know I I always worry that what I have and I like Korean I mean everybody talks about Korean pop now you know like oh mm-hmm. like whatever but I've been liking it for the past 10 years so it's just like I was weird for 10 years <laughs> and I, now your weirdness is uh, paying off you know everything about Korean pop I know I I could do a presentation on like you know <laughs> Korean pop and ex- educate everybody but 
I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like the weirdness I have necessarily translates into how I can connect with people. I don't know if I have the skills yet to, or whether if I will ever have that. But, you know, when people come to see me, even if it's like, you know, in a bar or like even even if it's like, you know, uh, a free show, mm-hmm. you know, but they still come there. And, and that that is um, it's a mark of, you know, for me, it's like. It's it's like they are honoring me with that that you know their presence their yeah. presence and I I feel like if I don't if my jokes don't land and it's always a scary thing whether your jokes land or mm-hmm. not that's for all comics but in a way I feel like if it doesn't it's always going to be my fault and that scares me every time I go up on stage I feel like throwing up oh my gosh well I'm a nervous pooper and I always poop before shows so I kind of get it (laughs) ah yeah that too I don't eat and I usually wear like one point I wore like an adult diaper to what don't oh my god I hope no one listens to this I could take that out if you want like I did a show at like a butter boy I didn't know butter boy was that big a deal yeah it's a big deal so when I did that uh, before I went they were like oh my god and I got so nervous I actually wore an adult diaper because I was like if I pee I want it to be not (laughs) Dude, I I was I had a similar thing. I was on the Today Show um, this year, and I wore black pants because I was like, I was thinking that, and then like I was sitting in the chair and I was about to be interviewed, um, and I was so I was like, I'm gonna pee in my pants. I'm gonna pee, in my, and I was just telling myself like, if you pee, just don't freak out, don't move, because you're not gonna be able to tell on camera. You're wearing black pants. You can deal with it on the other side of the interview and be like, hey, I peed in this chair, which would be terrible, but at least it's not on television. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so I totally get it, but that is, wow, holy, how did your set go at Butterboy? It went well, I think. I'm sure it did. It yeah. went well. Uh, I mean, I went uh, maybe a month later and uh, to see another uh, show, and uh, somebody in the audience recognized me, and they complimented me and I was like oh, oh yeah right amazing did you tell them that you wore an adult diaper I did <laughs> do you want me to take that out or can I leave it in um, it's a mark of pride I, I guess think it's I mean, awesome it's not like I'm not used to wearing an adult diaper I go to see you know Korean pop concerts a lot we have to stand in line for several hours or even like an entire day if you're going to be in the pit right uh-huh. you have to go way ahead and why do that makes me sound even weirder now okay <laughs> I'm committed to this now so I have worn adult diapers to see BTS in the past okay <laughs> And you have nothing to talk about on stage. Come on, this is hilarious. This is amazing. I can't do this. I mean, New York scares the crap out of me. I've talked about this in Boston in story shows. Yeah. But New York is scary. I mean, it's uh, people are so good here. Like everyone is so good that I'm just like, if I'm booked in a show, I want to be not the suckiest person. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be the best. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be. I'm not having like my dream is to. Not even like, you know, have industry or anything. I just like I would like to not be the suckiest person at a show that I'm <laughs> and I'm sure you're not. You did our 64 comedian thing in Boston and you were awesome. And that is how I learned to say your name because <laughs> I had to say it so many times because you kept returning to the stage. Uh, that was a fun show. Thank I, you. Uh, I've never done one liners and that was just like you were great at it. Uh, this- <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Where can people find you if they want to follow your work? Uh, I I only post about Korean pop and baking shows, but I don't bake. I don't know anything about baking. My 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 oven has got like old pizza boxes uh-huh. because all my dogs things. But I um, I my Instagram is Srilata Sauce. Can you spell it? S as in Sandra, R as in Richard, I L as in London, A T as in Thomas, H A Sauce S 
A-U-C-E. Amazing. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I really hope you liked it. I'm obsessed with these stories and these people. Um, If you enjoyed it, you maybe should come to our live show. We're doing a live show of Comedians with Ghost Stories uh, on Halloween night at 930 at Caveat. You can go to caveat.nyc to get a ticket. Um, Also, if you enjoyed this, you can kick us a couple bucks. Um, Just Venmo me at Emily-Winter. What that does is it helps pay for my Podomatic Pro account, which is a little pricey and I need it for uh, all the downloads. So thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I really do appreciate it. You can find me, Emily Winter, at emilywintercomedy.com and on Instagram and Twitter at Emily McWinter. That's Emily MC Winter because my middle name is McKenna. Anyway, uh, keep listening. I hope you liked it and have a great day. Oh my gosh, that was a dumb ending. Okay, but like, okay. Okay, thank you. Okay.